Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. It was January 2013, and I was embarrassed to speak up on the tour. My seminary cohort was in the auspicious Church of the Holy Sepulchre in the city of Jerusalem, and we had all just said prayers at the altar of Calvary and touched the stone at the place of the skull, Golgotha, the place where our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified and died. I was embarrassed to speak up on the tour because I've been a Christian my whole life, a church mouse from an early age. And yet, this tour of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was my first time realizing how proximate, how close in distance Golgotha is to the garden where Jesus' body was buried. So close that the garden and Golgotha are contained in the same church. Just down the way from Calvary, a place of suffering, is the garden tomb, a place of rest. I was so confused by this. How had I missed this detail for so long? The Bible is teeming with stories of gardens. In Genesis, the first human beings are placed in a garden. In Esther, King Ahasuerus escapes to his palace garden in a fit of rage. In Luke, Jesus tells a parable about a gardener and her garden. In Amos, God promises Israel that they will rebuild their urban ruins and plant gardens and enjoy their fruit. In Jeremiah, in exile, the prophet tells God's people in Babylon to build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Throw a rock in the Bible and you'll hit a garden. This motif is so compelling that John's narrator goes out of the way to make a garden a part of the crucifixion narrative. No other gospel writers mention a garden burial for Jesus, just John. Why might John go out of his way to connect Golgotha to a garden? If you've lived any amount of time you realize that this connection isn't completely unimaginable. I can be grateful to have survived to this point in the pandemic, garden, while still grieving all of the people whose lives have been upended or ended due to COVID-19, Golgotha. A loved one dies, Golgotha. That loved one's quality of life had deteriorated for the 15 years before they died. Garden. You finally get that job you're dreaming of. Garden. 
It's in a city thousands of miles away from everything you hold dear and familiar, Golgotha. For every garden, a Golgotha is nearby. And for every Golgotha, a garden is nearby. The tradition of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre holds that Jesus was crucified over the place where Adam's skull is buried. Let's say that again. The tradition of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre holds that Jesus was crucified over the place where Adam's skull is buried. So when the preachers I heard as a child said, Jesus' blood flowed down from Calvary and back through history, even to the time of Adam and Eve, they were, of course, speaking figuratively. But it could be understood as a literal claim. For when the Roman soldier pierces our Lord after his death. Blood and water flow from his side, and I can imagine it running down the hardwood of the cross to the place of the skull, the place of Adam's skull. St. Romanos the Melodist, and that's a mouthful, isn't it? A sixth-century lyricist and musician helps us make this connection when he says the following quote. When death saw Jesus on the cross, it said, I am forced to hand over Adam and those descended from him. They were given to me by a tree, but now a tree leads them back again to paradise, end quote. This is the power of the cross, isn't it? God, who is eternally preoccupied with bringing beauty out of foulness, joy out of sorrow, hope from despair, is working even now, even now, to make an instrument of death a signpost of life. They were given to me by a tree, death says, when he sees Jesus on the cross. But now a tree leads them back again to paradise. For Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden was formerly understood as a sort of grave. A place of death, a place from which they were exiled. In Christ... God's grave is set in a garden, a reversal of poetic proportions. Golgotha and the garden are twins conjoined at the heart. To separate them is risky and ill-advised. I am comfortable saying that if I bypass the tragedy, gruesomeness, and monochrome of this day, Sunday's technicolor loses its mystique and its glory. These are two places, Golgotha and the garden, whose proximity to one another God never wants us to forget.
there is no way, however hard it is to say this, to arrive in the garden without first going through Golgotha. Some time ago, it was fashionable for preachers and writers in certain circles to speak of the cruciform or cross-shaped life. The reasoning was that since Jesus died on a cross and Christians are supposed to, quote, be like Jesus, it is in our best interest to seek ways in which our lives could be more cruciform, more cross-shaped. What those writers and theologians failed to appreciate, however, is that taking on flesh, living among us, teaching and healing among us, being faced with disappointment and joy among us, and ultimately dying among us and like us in a a manner like ours. God has cast the weight of the incarnation behind solidarity with our crosses, not exclusively the other way around. Have you ever suffered? Have you ever been in pain? Are you suffering right now? Are you in pain right now? Are you mourning? Are you grieving? If so, your life is already cruciform. It's already shaped like the cross. And Jesus is right here, right alongside you, not just in the bread and wine that we'll receive in just a moment. Jesus is right here in the room next to you, suffering with you, experiencing your pain just blocks away from the garden. So back to that original garden even Adam's original home, the Garden of Eden that we read about in Genesis. On the day the world began to die, says Cole Arthur Riley in her book, This Here Flesh, God becomes a seamstress. God becomes a seamstress. Cole goes on to say, quote, no one ever told me the story of a God who kneels and makes clothes out of animal skin for them. God took the skin off of creation to make something that would allow human beings to stand in the presence of their maker and one another again. Maybe the same hand that made garments for a trembling Adam and Eve, she says in conclusion, is doing everything God can that we might come a little closer. I pray the stitches hold, end quote. And if the cross is anything, if the cross is anything, it is just that. The wooden stitch holding both Golgotha and the garden as one seamless Amen.